let me tell y'all about Ma Energy. If you haven't jumped onto the superfuel train, there's no better place to start than Ma Energy. It's specifically formulated to give gamers an edge over the competition. Their energy and focus blend gives you a sugar-free, no-crash energy boost, sharpening your perception and accelerating your reactions. I just spent $100 on this stuff because its pricing is so good and comparable to most energy fuel for gamers. There's so much energy that one small package is worth $150 of Red Bull, but it's better for you and more effective. The rewards program is easy to use, getting points for following on socials, but also for each dollar you spend. With it, you can get discounts on flavors or even a free shaker for your drinking ease. They also sell blue light glasses if you want to take better care of your gaming habits. For it to work, you need to click on the link in our description so you can use discount code MA10 and get 10% off at checkout. If you want to get 10% off, be sure to click on the link in our description and use discount code MA10. In this episode, I'm sitting in the hot seat as Noah and JB are questioning me about the story you guys heard last week. We talk a lot more in this episode and get pretty deep about all the stuff that made me into the story that I experienced. So, sit down, buckle up, and let's get it. Welcome back to the TCC show. This is the second discussion, the discussion of my episode, uh, which was like 25 minutes long, and I'm super sorry about that. I'll... I want to think of a way to extend that, but well, <sighs> I I did say that this would probably happen. My episode was going to be super long, and then the discussion would be short. And I had predicted that your episode would be short. You did, but the yeah. discussion would be long. Yeah. And JB and I talked when you went outside, and we were like, there wasn't a whole lot of depth and you started a lot of topics, but didn't necessarily tie the bow on them. Huh. Um, and so I've got, we've got it categorized out. Well, if you're going to insult me, I'm going to insult you. I'm not I, feel, a, hey. I feel like your episode, you didn't say one thing, just, you didn't say anything just once. What do you, okay. <laughs> like yeah, you said, okay. Anything you said, you said at least three times. Yeah. <laughs> just nailing it in. I'm not <laughs> insulting you. I'm not saying that. That was a bad thing. I'm just saying that. He's very offended right now. I know. I don't know. I, I'm failing to understand why. <laughs> We're I'm gonna, not necessarily offended. We've got. I'm not offended. <laughs> we got what I feel are some good questions to hopefully um, expand on some of the ideas that you brought up. Especially at the beginning, you mentioned like your parents. Yep. You mentioned your relationship with girls, but then mm-hmm. didn't necessarily follow up like that to now or even that throughout the rest of your story. So hopefully mm-hmm. we can dive deep into some of those. We got, you know, all of these uh, categories that we're going to go through. JB and I've got some good questions. So You know, I think some of it was when I was writing, I had very specific people in mind as audience. Mm-hmm. And I think, fe- and whenever I was typing, I'm like, Oh, you know what? People already know about this. So I don't need to go into detail about yeah. that. Well, so that- I see now why I shouldn't have, wrote that way <laughs> no, no no so that was that's literally my first question because in our team meeting you had said hold on actually it was on air you had said like the way that i function is i'm just going to outline it or i throw it up all on the page and then outline it i don't write it word for word but then you came in today writing word it word for word, for word. Yeah. so explain to the audience and us that thought process because i thought i think that's a very good significant place to start this discussion 
Uh, yeah, so I can go into that a bit. When I'm memorizing, I don't memorize word for word. When I'm memorizing, I memorize outlines. So that's where, where I got, where I had thought about writing, because I would write in outlines. But when I'm writing, even when I'm thinking, if I'm just driving home, listening to country music, and then I think, like, oh, I want to tell someone this. Or no, no, I don't think a thought. I think about telling someone that thought. I always have conversations with Noah in my head about telling him something interesting whenever I'm thinking to myself. It's never really just a thought in and of itself. It's about who who am I telling this thought to when I'm thinking it. I don't really know why I'm that way. Okay. But I guess whenever I'm thinking, it's always to someone. More often than not, it's to God. But it can often be to people other also. So I guess that's kind of the thought process is like, and because we're saying spiritual story, uh, that really pumps into my head. I want it to be a story mm-hmm. and stories aren't really outlined. That's more of a presentation. Yeah. So I guess to, to make sure it sounded like a story, sound, like it sounded like I was a narrator. I wanted to go word for word. Well, I, to move into, I should have had you guys screen it today, huh? <laughs> no, no, no. I, I like where we're going. I okay. think that this has a lot of potential. Not that, I just stopped beating myself up. Well, not that last week's episode didn't. So the question that I asked during my discussion was, did you guys learn anything different? I feel like even though you only gave us 25, 25 minutes, I learned a lot yeah. that I had never heard before. Right. And, and and that's like, I would like to believe at least if I can move away from being offended into and away from being defensive into convincing myself. So I'm actually just saying this for myself. Okay. So I can convince myself, like, there really is nothing wrong with that episode. It's short, but it's good. Different does not mean bad. Uh, because I grew up in in an environment where being different was wrong and looked upon as, like, inferior. So I still struggle sometimes believing that, like, whoa, my episode was different, so therefore it must be wrong. That was a great episode. I should, I should let it be that. And I should also recognize that, like, just because I've, like, I've taken however many classes of public speaking and writing so that I I try to make things as concise and, and short and dense as possible. Uh, and the way you tell and speak and write is different, and that's totally fine. Right. I should recognize that it's good, in fact. It is. Because and... people don't come to this for the same content week to week. They come for it for different content. It's right. good. Yes. You're welcome. Um, <laughs> and hopefully... Th- thank you for that. Sorry. That episode last week is a good takeoff point for not only this discussion but we have we will have an entire fan questions episode where our listeners can write in and pick up on the things that jb and i didn't pick up on or maybe next week Mm. you know kai and i that we may not pick up on things in jb's episode that the listeners want or need to hear about yeah so um Definitely let us know all your questions. Where's a good place they can do that, Noah? Instagram. Instagram and Facebook. That would be the best place. At? At the College Comrades. Nice. We haven't plugged that in a long time. <laughs> Probably, <laughs> at least this whole season, I think. And we have t-shirts just throwing that out there. Yes, on the website. <laughs> By the Something... way, I should take one so that the one guy can buy them. He'll want to buy that. Yes. All right. What did I learn that I had never, I didn't realize that I played such a big role in your story. I feel like the way that our relationship functions is very much Noah is burnt out in (laughs) 
all of the rest of the relationships that he has. So he goes to Kai to recharge and never gives Kai the time to recharge. But after hearing what you had said, it gave me, I don't know, I guess it was encouraging. Like, Noah, you, you did speak into his like like Mm -hmm. life. Like you did like just sit and listen. Cause that's something that like I, especially in earlier years, like never was good at was like just sitting and listening to people like relationship is a transaction of like, okay, I'm going to talk about my, about my problems. You're going to speak into my life and then vice versa will happen. Yeah. And I, I think part of that also is something that we bonded on early on is that we're both pretty quiet people. Right. And we're both like pretty observant people. Yeah. So by nature, you're going to think that you're soaking in more than you're giving. Mm-hmm. And by nature, I might tend to also think that I'm soaking in more than I'm giving. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. I'd never thought of that. Um, yeah. I mean, and also just because you and I being one-on-one gives us both the opportunity and outlet to just talk. Mm-hmm. And I don't know about you, but I grew up in a, and again, the environment was such that I just didn't feel safe to say anything that was against the common belief or or to to really say, i didn't i didn't feel safe to say anything because i didn't know what i would say would be right or if it would right. spark anger or what so i just didn't really talk a whole lot and that kind of carries us why i don't talk much today but not in a negative sense so keep talking about that does that have anything to do with what did conflict in your house look like because you mentioned that your parents you never saw your parents arguing yeah it's true so was there arguments in the home and then um, what man and then build on you know what you saw your parents because i know that we've talked about this in one of the past episodes very briefly mm-hmm. um but expand on your parents a little bit more that's that's our first category uh conflict in general or parents uh Both. i think i want I'm gonna, to... i'll do conflict because parents yeah. will go somewhere else okay i think i want to interlock the two so do it your way they don't okay I like my my siblings might have their own conflicts with parents, but I rarely, if ever, conflict with my parents. Okay, and I, I'm sure I've mentioned that also on a previous episode. Um, most of the conflict was like between me and my brothers. Like I was pretty good at disagreeing with both of them, and not that they agree with each other, but uh, yeah, that that's where most of the the heat would come up because I was you know, so quiet, that also meant I could be pretty passive, not necessarily passive aggressive. Uh, but if the, if the opportunity presented itself and I was angry enough, sometimes I could come out with some pretty heavy words, uh, rarely, but it would happen. And I'm sure I had my own, I'm sure I was a pretty annoying child. <laughs> I just don't remember being annoying. Uh, that's really all I got for conflict because I'm that just kind of summarizes all of it and I don't want to get into super nitty gritty stuff. Um, but my, but yeah, I've, I've talked a lot about how my heart received all that was like, well, maybe I shouldn't like talk a lot. Cause if I don't talk, I won't make anyone upset. And I, again, felt a lot of burden for other people's emotions, maybe even because of this in a way, um, because I had caused so much early on or I felt I had caused so much early on. I didn't, but uh, now my parents, of course, are not without fault. So you, you talked about how watching your parents <clears throat> not mm-hmm. experience conflict mm-hmm. 
has impacted you and then just left it at that didn't really continue and there that was without timeline is there a timeline that goes with that there really isn't okay even to this day like i've only seen them disagree well i've seen them disagree but as far as like fight goes i've only seen them fight like once or twice i've seen them disagree a handful but but they uh keep most of their everything just away from us i guess Everything being conflict or yeah. everything being... I, I mean, I guess, like, they would hold hands and hug, but I can only remember two, three times seeing them kiss. Okay. Which is weird, because it doesn't sound like my parents. No, it definitely doesn't. And and they... But, like, the, the hand-holding and the hugging was... I mean, I'm sure they kissed more often than that, and I just don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, in front of us, and I just don't remember. Um, But, yeah, so... The, the the main reason I brought up that they kept their dissension away from us was, wasn't because I wanted to talk about dissension or disagreements, but rather just because I wanted to focus on, and so I thought the key to happiness was relationships, because in front of us, they only ever showed happiness. Okay. So you saw like the, the Disney fairy tale? Kind yes. Of. Okay. Yeah. And it certainly wasn't that. And, and looking back on it, I can think of moments that are evidence. Like I did experience things that were counter to a Disney fairy tale Mm -hmm. because of my parents, from my parents, them with each other even. But I just didn't recognize it as that then because of what was hidden. So, right. Um, what would have happened? Hold on. I'm not quite done with parent stuff. Okay. Go for it. That's all right. Um, my mom is a not super emotionally driven person, whereas my dad is a super emotionally driven person, uh-huh. and dad is like super gung-ho about relationships. So when my heart went, okay, I'm going to find a girl to make me happy, dad was like, yeah, you go get him. And and that played a lot into like like me spiritually following his lead as my father was, okay... I can like I I should find someone who will make me happy because that's kind of how his heart was and is is I want this to make me happy. That's the current disposition. That's not necessarily or at least it's what's displayed. That's not his actual desire at times. I'd say up until 5 years ago. Okay. That up until 5 it, maybe even up until 2 years ago it was it was just I'm like I'm with mom, I'm happy. Mm-hmm. I like I want you to find a woman so that you can be happy too. Okay. And and that that me kind of following his spiritual lead, I was super gung ho, did things really fast, and started relationships and went places I shouldn't have, trying to find that key to happiness. Uh, but in these last three months, part of the big spiritual growth was also me becoming my own leader in in my own family, and and like kind of starting my own spiritual headship over it all and kind of letting go of that i need to find someone quickness um how quick did your parents get married they were mom was 20 dad was 21 how long were they they knew each other since they were seven they were dating man oh this is a weird story so i'll try to tell it quick because i recognize it's not the fulcrum of this episode Mom didn't have any feelings for him because, again, not really a feelings-driven person forever, pretty much. But they would go on walks and whatever. They would go on friend walks, you know, watch the pretty sunset as friends. 
up until um, what they call his hook day. I think it was like June 24th. They had already known each other for a really long time. They'd mm-hmm. worked in ministry and whatnot, so it wasn't super crazy. Uh, but eventually, mom just says, they're looking out at sunset, you know, I think I could imagine spending the rest of my life with you. And then dad brings his finger and hooks her cheek. And it was really corny and totally ruined a good moment. But, <laughs> uh, and then like a few days later, they were out in pawn shops looking for rings. It's it's obvious that not seeing your parents fight was not a negative thing. Um, how do you feel like that has affected your relationships growing up with girls? Or even other people. I want to build on that's that. That's fair, yeah. Um, like with, maybe with your brothers too. Mm-hmm. No, I think it really does only affect romantic relationships <clears throat> because of Cedar Tree though. Because growing up in Cedar Tree, my private school, 11 people was my graduating class. And whenever there was a fight, everyone knew about it. And you couldn't just ignore it, and it had to be resolved. So growing up in Cedar Tree taught me that, as friends, fights can be resolved. Um, growing up, or like seeing my parents' relationship, didn't really teach me this, but I kind of started to believe that, you know, lots of fights was indicative of bad relationship, or a relationship won't work, kind of. Uh, but... Yeah, and those, and those relationships got stuck out, or did they just end? Uh, they didn't really. I never had relationships that ended because of fights. Okay. It just uh, that's just something I kind of thought about because I recognized later on because I would I mean I would always hear story like hear that they do fight sometimes. Mm-hmm. I mean, it would be years later that I found out. Wow, my parents actually fight sometimes, uh, but. It wasn't until, and 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 for that reason, I knew it was okay to have fights, but I didn't get to see experience on. I didn't get experience on what like resolving fights was like, or whether there's a proper way to fight, an improper way to fight. Right. What yeah. are the rules of engagement here? Yeah. Um. What did learning about your parents fighting? What was that mental shift for you? Or, if you were to see them fight today, how would, knowing yourself, how would you experience that? Um, like, if they were just going at it at, in the kitchen, just screaming back and forth about how, I don't know, maybe some deep family stuff. Like, how would, how do you think you would respond to that? Um, I'd be like, wait a second, this isn't really how it's supposed to work. Because usually dad responds very poorly to raised voices because of the family he grew up in Mm -hmm. and mom doesn't raise her voice but it still triggers dad Mm -hmm. um or it used to trigger dad at least uh if i were to see what their version of a fight is it'd probably be like i'd be really curious yeah because because for because most people and i hate this about most people (laughs) i think my parents are almost perfect like in the heart change community, there's so many people who don't quite idolize my parents, but they're really close. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, man, no one understands that they're just people. <laughs> like, like guys, I see them make mistakes. I know they make mistakes, but yeah. I, I, um, but it, it, there is still a sense of curiosity in me. Like, what is it that would make them that would like get on their nerve? Yeah. You know? Yeah, I treat it more like a science experiment because no. I'm 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 not at all emotionally connect, connected to them fighting. Yeah, no, I I I can definitely relate to that. Yeah. 
were there ever times where your parents one or the other would 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 tell you how frustrated they are with the other mm. and that gave you maybe some insight into how they handle conflict or just like little spats or just disagreements not frustrated in the moment okay but when i was going through the uh engagement process Mm -hmm. there were times where i would get sympathetic stories from a parent about ways they experienced something similar and how it took them years to learn this thing and here's this thing you should catch on to kai yeah okay interesting yeah but nothing like oh man last night this happened and i'm feeling this way actually maybe there was one of those my my personality is one that just kind of blocks those out I hear them, I listen to them, I receive it, or whatever I'm supposed to receive to it, but I don't remember a whole lot of that okay. stuff. Like, if someone's angry at someone else, it doesn't stick in me very easily. I don't remember that kind of thing. Oh, well. <clears throat> Next question. I think that's all I got on parents. I would agree. We may come back to it. Well, we all you could. have on parents is about <laughs> as long as my whole episode. <laughs> um, <laughs> true. I have just an overall question because I'm genuinely curious. What does the relationship that you have with church look like living so close to church, physically living so close to church? Do you mean specifically Philida? Yes. Because I don't go there. Right. I do want to talk about that because that's something that you didn't talk about as well. Yeah, you're right. I didn't. Why didn't I talk about that? I know why I didn't talk about that. The reason I didn't is because... Uh, it circles around that topic we, we try to avoid now. Okay. But but, that... I, but I can talk about it without... Don't worry about it. I'll be able to meander. Moving on. What was your original question? What's my relationship like with Philida? With church. Yeah, but right? he, he said living so close to what? Work. It was like a oh, double question. Two-parter. I do want to address that thing that we said that we <laughs> would try not to talk about. Okay. I don't necessarily subscribe to that option but on behalf of tcc i subscribe to that option thank you um but also in the process of telling our spiritual stories i do want to hear more about it because you did talk about how more has happened after Mm -hmm. that the series of a comrade's journal so um my question is what does the relationship with church more specifically philida look like living so close and then please do tell us about uh leaving philida okay um uh if i'm playing pokemon go man i'll I'll park in that parking lot and i'll (laughs) swipe at that pokestop don't think i won't if i'm if i'm looking for just a real cheap low quality snack i'll hop in that food pantry i'll grab something no kidding like i i actually i still feel i have nothing against pretty much anyone there like, uh, there's still uh, a lot of good memory and relationship with people there. Like, when I was playing Pokemon Go, I drove up. <laughs> I said, hey, man, how are you doing? I'm like, dude, I'm so glad you pulled up. <laughs> yeah. Because I've been thinking about calling you for weeks. Wow. He said, you should come back to small group. I said, I can't because now I work at a church and I work on Tuesdays. And he's like, ah, oh, well, heck, send me a text. We'll go out for a coffee sometime. I said, I'd love that. So, so why did you leave Philida? Because... They shut down during COVID. Okay. And I did not believe any church should have cut should have shut down during COVID. Mm-hmm. I think 
you know, do not forsake the gathering. Churches ought to still hold gatherings, even during COVID. Um, personal opinion, <laughs> but it's what we want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but I actually I did keep going to the small groups of that church because we would do Zoom meetings, and then I would meet up even afterward. We would still like there was no problem, right? Like I, I went, I went up, I went there pretty much all the way up until my engagement. And then that church was doing the church, you know, the fiance was going to did Mm -hmm. stuff on Tuesdays. My mom also happens to lead there. My dad's a pastor there. And now I'm employed by that church. It just made, and and it stinks, but that took up my Tuesdays and that's where a small group was. So it was just a natural move over to where you're at now. It sucked. Okay. So (laughs) I really miss that small group. Okay, so then bring us to now. I do. I'm so sorry. I'm skipping around. It's all good. Um, it worked. You talk about this three months, and I do want to indulge on this yeah, like these, past these last, three months because this seems of, to be the end of February. This seems to be the fulcrum point, not necessarily the only, but a big fulcrum point for your story. Oh yeah, where you really grip your faith by your by the balls and the sack and take it into your own and so now i'm very curious that now that you've told me what you just told me mm-hmm. why you don't go back to the small group and go back to philida now that you're no longer getting engaged mm-hmm. and you simply just work at the church that you're going to now um because you've done all this work to, mm-hmm. uh, I forget the language that you use, but it's really good that you've um, cultivated. No, that you the, the spiritual headship of your own uh, life and yes. the family that you're forming around you. Yeah. If you miss something so much and you know that where you're at now sucks. No, where I'm at now doesn't suck. Okay. Not at all. So I had misinterpreted that. Yeah. What sucked was the transition. Okay. Losing small group definitely sucked. Okay. Anytime I have to. Put like so. I'm trying to think of a what's a terrible analogy. I'm holding in my hand a drink, right? Mm-hmm. Imagine there's a Dr Pepper on on that desk right there. I do not want to set down a good drink, but if it's to get a better drink, which Dr Pepper is a better drink than right. anything, I will do it. Yes, yeah, objectively. Thank you. So, <laughs> so, so in a sense, I was letting go of something amazing, small group, right? Mm-hmm. And and stepping into what God called me into, which is the church I'm at now, Living Hope. It's a very accepting, it's just an, an amazing church. They're both amazing churches, and, and it stinks. Like, it's foul that I had to give up the small group. Right. But it's it's where I'm called. And, well, I'm very needed there. That's the other thing. It's a low-staffed church as it currently stands. And and I can still have community with the people in small group. I don't, but I can. Like, I'm going to start something up with... Probably not going to be a recurring thing, but it'd be nice to be there. Tell us about where you're going now, then. So that's something that you didn't necessarily mention either in your story. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Tell us about it. I think I tried to steer clear of anything I've mentioned on the podcast, maybe. I don't know if I've mentioned this on the podcast, so maybe I'm just pulling that out of thin air to defend myself again you might have (laughs) but that's okay (laughs) yeah tell us about it um so what makes the place that you're going to now dr pepper the people who are there 
And man, that's hard to pit it up against Philida because I still think Philida has some of the most bomb.com people. I would um, agree. Like I, I was in Philida for a very long time before it felt like family. And I've only been at Living Hope for six months. Okay. And Living Hope is already family to me. And not necessarily like the people who go there. Like I don't really know many people who are just congregants. But all the staff. I'm like, dude, whoever you are. Catch me back. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so now you have, in my head, talked... What is the word I'm looking for? Talked to. You... Well, you've <laughs> talked to... You've just told us about how you love the people at Philida and that they're the bomb.com people. Mm-hmm. But you also, in the same breath, just told me about how it didn't feel... What was the word? It took used? longer to feel like they were family. Okay. Tell us like, about that. So, I think pastors gives incredible sermons uh but i don't have a very like relational relationship with him mm-hmm. like he recognizes me i recognize him we can actually talk about anything but we're not like you know super close okay but when i go to living hope and we have like staff meetings it feels as though this is what community is supposed to be like that we can like that everyone here is doing what God has called them to do and they're so happy to do it, you know? And, you know, Living Hope called me to be a leader more. That's another part of it is like they had me going on stage. They had me producing from behind stage, mm-hmm. like doing some of the top tier stuff where back at Philida, if I was ever helping out, it was doing something that like anyone could do. Like, yeah. Like I've been doing that since I was 11 years old. And I don't know. It's just you and correct me if I'm wrong. You strive for a relationship with the upfront lead guy. Mm, Is that right? Not always. Okay. But if I I can listen to any sermon I want online. Mhm. But I can listen to the sermon there and have a relationship if I go to Living Hope. I mean, again, there's like n- the only real answer is I just feel God calling me to Living Hope. Yeah. Because there's no logical or reason why I shouldn't like mix and match Living Hope and Philida right. aside from that Living Hope needs me. But the fact of the matter is. Eventually, God's going to call me out of living hope, and I'm not going to go to either of those churches. Mm-hmm. And I'll have to deal with that, too. What did leaving tag look like? So you talked about leaving tag, but never... I, I don't know. I'm very curious to hear how that conversation went, if there was one. I don't think there was. I think it went... Um, it went one of two ways, and I can't remember which. <laughs> either I stopped going just because I couldn't stand it. And because I stopped going, that meant they couldn't do tag anymore and they had to start going to voyage or told them, Hey, looks like you guys aren't making any progress in tag. You need to start coming to voyage. And so they stopped doing tag, but either way they were really just using me so that they could go to zone and I wasn't getting anything from it. So I wasn't going to be, in that kind of area, you know? So was it the depth of tag that didn't, like you weren't growing from it, is what you're saying? Those guys are great and fun people, 
being with them while they try to socialize like like being with them online is is awesome you know but trying to like communicate with them in person they kind of get on my nerves just because like i'm still like because i've been an adult in comparison to them since we met Mm -hmm. but here i am now even further and i feel like they're still being high schoolers and I'm just not about that locker room talk anymore. So you outgrew them, in a way. Well, I mean, no, because one of them I still like play games with every single night, and we can still have meaningful conversation. But when he's in person, he seems to lose. I wonder if he loses a sense of, like, not boundary, but maybe I'm just weird in person. I'm an awkward person, so it makes sense. Yeah, I mean, the way you describe it kind of makes it sound like you kind of just outgrew the group, <laughs> the group, you know? I guess, yeah. Which isn't a bad thing. Like, at least you identified it, and you're not, like... It's not a bad thing. I don't... Like, I'm not worried about me being portrayed in a bad light. I don't mm-hmm. want to portray them in a bad light, because they're still, you know, they're great well, people. It just It's where you guys are at in your life. Yeah. It has, it has nothing to do with them being bad or good people, right? Yeah. That's... So you mentioned that you talked a lot about the day that I announced I can't do this anymore. Um, a question that I have for myself as well as you. Did tag suck before me announcing that I was going to leave? Were you experiencing these? Because I did. Because the night. I do want to clarify just a little bit. I don't know if we did this. The night that I said that tag could no longer be a priority, that was not my last night at tag. I was really? there. It, right. It, it was. Or it wasn't. Um, because what you're experiencing where we show up, <clears throat> somebody awkwardly plays video games, and we have this weird locker room talk kind of until we have 15 to 20 minutes left, and then we try and get spiritual. Uh, I experienced that. I was there for a few of those. Whoa. Um Few and far in between because I practically couldn't make tag a priority and I hadn't specified that. So, as I recall my memory, I want to ask you, did tag suck or look like that before I had announced leaving? No, and I can give you the exact reason why. Please do. Because when they, those two people, are faced with authority figures, they behave very differently. And I think that's what it was, is that even though we didn't have necessarily consistent leadership, we always had leadership. Until someone handed the reins over to them and said, okay, you got this. And they didn't. Mm-hmm. And I don't think they ever would have seen you or myself as a leader either. But And, but, and to be fair, nor would I have seen any of the other three guys as a leader. Whoa, even me. Well... We we neither of us have talked about the point in tag where we had three or four different leaders, and yeah. so I think leadership was a weird. That just wasn't huge on, like that didn't make a big spiritual difference to me. I no, I don't think it necessarily made a big spiritual. Actually, I do think it made a big spiritual difference, but I don't. As far as talking about tag, I think it definitely changed the dynamic of tag. Yeah. Because at one point, we had one leader that mm-hmm. we're all very close with. And 
at another point, JB was facilitating our tag. But I, I didn't even call him as the leader, though. No, I was, and that's why yeah. that's why I use the term facilitator. Basically, him leaving, and then it, his spot getting filled in the first time was a weird shift because now he's one of my best friends. N or R? N. Oh. Yeah, totally. totally. So that was weird. Like, and and he's one of the coolest. And I wouldn't necessarily see him as, like, an authority figure. Um, uh, you didn't even ask a question. Well, I'm... I'm <laughs> my point in, in bringing up past leaders and this gap of no leadership, um, or very little, or at least us not respecting that leadership, I don't think any of us in the group would have respected any of the others as leader. Especially uh, after that conversation of of all of us crying, going, this is what's going on in life. Well. Would you have it respected me as a leader? I would have respected you. Okay. Like, whether or not you're a leader doesn't really matter to me. Okay. Um, and. Okay, so the, the goal that you're looking for is just that community. I suppose. And that relational talking of spiritual i don't know i mean there's leading and there's being a leader okay i wouldn't really think of you as like okay i can take over and become the leader of the tag group right but i could easily respect you as being someone who leads however many nights of tag group mm-hmm. like and i never thought of him as the leader right. but i respected him as someone who was leading us okay I definitely did not. <laughs> uh, that stinks. Yeah. For him. I, know. I tried. The only reason Honestly. I say that is because you disrespecting N back then compared to them disrespecting N, you, your version of disrespecting looks like their version of respecting. Yes, that's fair. And that again has to do with the different place than that you were compared to them. Mm-hmm. Do you have more about Tag? I don't. Okay. So, yeah, it, it ended because, I mean, either I just stopped going or the or said, look, you guys aren't really getting anything done. We just got to stop. So, I guess you bring up the point of you guys aren't getting enough out of tag, so you need to go to Voyage. And part part of why I want you to explain Voyage more is because it ties into my story a little bit hmm. in a weird way. You'll find out why. Okay. Um, but explain, like, why that was a bad thing, that if you guys didn't have a tag group, you had to go to Voyage. Like, why was it so bad? Because I never went. I Like, I know nothing about it. I just know about this idea. So, the uh, this was a rule that I did help set in place as lead zone staff. Um, the idea is... If a zone staff, so wants... I didn't. I didn't have to follow this rule. Is what he's saying? Because I wasn't part of zone. Right. So right. to be a zone staff, no, re- I, no, I'm aware of the rule and okay. why. Uh-huh. Um, it's more of what was voyage like, like top to bottom. Like, why did it suck? You know, like what? Yeah. What did you do? Why was it not? Yeah. Successful. Let, you know. But keep going. Let me explain the rule for the audience. Um. The rule is, as a zone staff, 
you must be plugged into community. Right. Um, with most 99% of the zone staff attending Philida already, the easy way to do that was to go to a tag group. We all know what tag is. And so for those that didn't have to get a, uh, not necessarily written consent, but, or written like approval, but basically, yeah, a verification that, okay, you're going to new heights. Okay. Are you plugged into the youth group? Are you getting spiritually fed? Because when you come to zone, your job is not to get spiritually fed. You're giving. But That's, that's a good, that's so good. But good rule. it is a very good rule. But the way that I function and noticed a lot of the team that I was leading functioned, they were being spiritually fed at zone and they didn't even know it. Right. Because you come to zone, you're learning how to teach, you're learning how to lead games, you're learning how to lead thoughtful discussions, you're learning how to have one-on-one reactions, interactions with kids and tell them about Jesus. Right. If you ask me, that is feeding spiritually 100%. So now when we move to Kai's story, boom. The you had to be part of a community. Now our tag group was slowly slipping through the cracks in my opinion. And so and with us being an older age cuz as far as we knew and as far as we we had saw like seen and experienced at Philida as soon as um as soon as you get to high school your tag group gets to high school who knows what happens to it yeah, we'd yeah. never seen that before and so as our tag group started to do that and we get older and older we have less guidance from our leader cuz our leader has a life of his own believe it or not and so do <laughs> the rest of us um weird and so when we move into that the rule still stands in place for those above 18. You have to be part of a community. And it was, I, the, the two options are rejoin a, rejoin the community that you have been placed in or have been experiencing or find a new community. Well, finding a new community is scary for pretty much everybody. And what we have is okay. It's, it's managing. So that's what happened was, the community that was being experienced was what needed to happen. What was your question, JB? Outline. Oh yeah, talk about the yeah, voyage. voyage. Okay, okay. All right. So, um, the first three weeks of voyage were all party weeks, like movie night, dodgeball night, pizza night, and that was a pretty terrible decision from his part. Voyage starts your senior year. Is that right? No, high school. All okay. Nice. Or maybe it was just junior and senior. Okay. I just want to I'm, clarify I'm that. not sure. Okay. Um, but anyways, the first three weeks ever of Voyage were all party, which incentivizes heavy uh, sh- showing up those three weeks and then nothing on the fourth week. Because everyone's like, oh, I totally go to the party thing. Right? Uh, and then like that, that kind of just set yourself up to make a really great expectation for the fourth week that isn't going to happen at all. Uh, and and go figure, no one was really showing up to Voyage who didn't have to. But getting to, because I, I did go like, I think two nights that weren't party nights or, or events. Events. That's what they were. Did, did they open it up to the public, like high school age? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I could go. I was never part of Zone. Mm-hmm. 
but I, I still went to Voyage. And there were people who didn't even go to Philida who went to Voyage. But um, when I got there, it's like, okay, here's this giant gym filled with seven or eight high schoolers. And they're all spread out as far as could be because there's no one activity. There's a bunch of different activities you could do. And looks like everyone is filled up. So I'm not going to just go butt my way in and try to be social with people because I don't like trying to be social with people who I don't know. So I'm just going to stand over by the food and wait for a leader who feels guilty enough to come over to me and talk to me. All right, and now when that's done, we might have done a group activity, but with eight people, there's not many group activities you can do that are very successful. So I don't remember if we did. Um, After that, we all walked off to room one where had his guitar and passed out a page that had the lyrics of all the songs we were going to sing to everyone and then we would all stand in a circle just as big as this room and then Jake would play guitar and sing and no one else was brave enough to sing because no one felt like they could sing I sang because I wanted to encourage other people to because I knew I could but man everyone else was like great is our God sing with me you know nothing uh and then after that, we all sat down, still in that same circle, and she actually gave a really good message. But everyone was so like socially awkward and uncomfortable and clocked out because of that singing that I'm pretty much the only one who received it. So wild. Today. It was. Yeah. You guys will find out why this is so mind-boggling to me. And then in we, my story, <laughs> but... then we went back to the main room, I think, and probably just did whatever. I didn't really. I mean, it sounds like a worse version of youth group. Yeah. Like more awkward. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, <laughs> there is something to say about the the physical like location because it was such a huge room. It didn't force yeah. community. And, I agree. and for high schoolers and middle schoolers who are awkward, you got to force community. That's true. Force mm-hmm. it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If, if we were in a different room and, and these microphones were further apart, I wouldn't even look at you guys. So, hold on. So, <laughs> stare at the wall. <laughs> okay, so I just drew two, I don't know, I guess ideas together. So, in your story, you talk about how all these other tag groups, they don't get to, from what you've experienced, they don't get to the same depth that our tag group did. And what we know to be true of Voyage is all of these tag groups end so that they all can come together under one roof being voyage what made the voyage audience or community so awkward and i want to build on that with the question that i had written down what was the audience of voyage do we know because i i am very unsure of that yeah so what was what was the target audience i know what the audience was what was the target audience was it those outside of the church inside the church a little bit of both like what was the goal can can I explain what I interpreted Voyage at, like when I heard about it? Yes, because sure. it's going to be completely different because you were the age group at the time. I'm the only one of us, yeah. Right. So <laughs> I think Noah could have gone if he wanted to. When I first heard oh, about okay. Voyage, right, it was going to be like their discipleship night for high school students. They were going to try to get community or like almost like the zone for high schoolers yeah that makes sense where they can you know where people feel welcome to come in and 
take part in whatever is going on. And then that will hopefully either, either A, just get them connected, or two, bring them to the church for more growth and just more community, I guess. That's what I understood when I first heard about Voyage. Kai, what did what it was your understanding when you first heard about Voyage? Heard about? Heard about and then experience. What was... I mean, hearing about it, it just sounded like any other youth group, okay. but with a name. Because the church loves naming things. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. an awful name for a high school youth group, by the way. I think it's cool. I think it's awful. Oh. Right. It's terrible. It's not the worst. <laughs> I like it. Voyage. It's cool, because it's... I mean, I... Okay. I kind of have a Good. weird bias because Good. of what I wanted. Some never mind. It'll come. We'll find it. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. It's like because because we're all on our own voyage, you know. Anyways, w- the community there was kind of like the 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 two people in our tie group, uh-huh. right? So the one who has a lot of siblings, uh-huh. that person and his sibling who is in high school also is, are there, and they have their own like few people who they talk with but we know that they're very judgmental people or very abrasive at least like they're the words they choose to use and and how they choose to say things is like i don't really just want to be a part of that it doesn't feel very uplifting okay because anyways no no continue that thought because there was a lot like you even remember zone rules being made about okay we can't talk like this to people right um this and i this was something that i had left out in my story this and JB has probably seen it, and I know that you've seen it because you're pointing it out. This idea of like, because I kind of talked about it like, okay, now we're serving a different audience. And I think that's where this one comes from is it's no longer just like kids that are in the church that come to church and they have two parents and they their parents <laughs> love them and, and they have no issues inside of their home. Maybe they did, but it didn't come out. And now we've switched to current, well, current zone, you know, zone of my time where we're now serving kids who don't have any parents in the home. They're living with grandparents and now they identify as something that the Bible definitely says that they're not. Them. And yes. And, <laughs> the and, and that, um, and that we as zone staff don't believe or something that we've never encountered before, um, or even, you know, like the, the loner kids or the kids that experience something that we've all talked about of not feeling like they fit in. And so we move to a zone in, or a voyage in, environment trying to reflect zone and, it do, it just doesn't add up, if that makes sense. Um, I, mean, I actually feel like the targeting was a fine idea. No, I I think it was. I think it but, was poorly executed. But with what tag used to be, and moving into what what Voyage was trying to mimic in Zone, the two just don't add up. Does that make sense? Kind of. The I can only think of two ever successful tags. It was the one that our leader was a part of, mm-hmm. and then the one we we're a part of. Okay. Would would you, was yours successful, JB? Um. Yeah. Yeah. So. I heard that even though both of our tags experienced difficult with leadership, that yours was a bit harder to overcome. Yes. 
and I will get into that in my story for sure. Um, but I would definitely say my middle school years of tag were a lot more successful than my high school years of tag. Mm. Yeah. I only had one middle school year of tag. Yeah. I went all, th- all three years of middle school. I'm pretty sure. Hmm. And then I think like halfway through high school, but I'll get into that. Okay. But yes, but yes, for sure. Middle school was definitely successful. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so everyone seems successful in middle school, but like it all drops off after high school. And or even during, or during, yeah, I meant during. Yeah, <laughs> after high school, during so, high school. So why is that? Well, there's no reason that yours and mine should have succeeded, considering the consistency of leadership, or anything like that. I don't even know if we should call it a success, considering that there's the one who neither of us have spoken to in a very long time, mm-hmm. and then there's the one who. Well, there's two, three. If you're talking about the original, oh. original. Well, there's four if you count. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> In my opinion, high school activities and and like groups were very successful before me. Like even like growing up and seeing. What do you mean by activities? So like youth events, and I mean think about like your high school youth events, like your typical youth event. How many people were there? Quite a few. Quite a few. There was probably double that in the high school years before me. And that's that's something that I was trying to point out earlier is it's no longer the same audience and correct which is I don't know I guess something that come up came up in my story quite a bit and that I'm trying to or that I'm you know asking Kai about here is I don't know I guess it leads back to my like question of like what was the target audience Kai do you think going to public school um would have changed the way you are today absolutely yeah i get this question a lot um i think i've answered a few times on the podcast because in public school there's enough people to where i can hide from things i want to hide from but that would grow me anyways and in private school i didn't have that opportunity right that's probably the biggest one is just the smaller community but also teachers are not passionate at public school at least not like they are at private school. Right. Um, and seeing the passion uh, was good not only to get me passionate, but also so that if I was struggling, they had more one-on-one time to help me versus teachers in public school. If they had, if they spent one-on-one time with every struggling student, they'd, you know, be millionaires for a time off. I mean, for <laughs> overtime. So, which they don't make. Right. <laughs> um, okay. The, the, I guess the main reason I ask that is you brought up several times how um, I guess you felt like you couldn't speak up or didn't want to because of whatever. Um, Mainly my home life. Yeah. Okay. Um, and 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 most of that was not in high school. In high school okay. is where most of the developing was. Okay. Then that question kind of diffuses itself yeah i should timeline that yeah no that's fine yeah (laughs) okay that's fair yeah i guess that's another way like i like um in private school is a lot more conservative overall than in public school and you're at a very small private school right um uh yeah i mean an upside i see to a really like a 4a public school is 
if a rumor spreads about you, it spreads for like a day, a week, and then it's gone. Because no one really cares about one person that much. (laughs) Versus at a a private school, when there's a rumor and it spreads, it just kind of sticks. Yeah. But even then, if you're assertive, it can be dealt with. Right. That's that's interesting. I'm I'm now linking that with um some what you talked about at the beginning of this of this episode of us of you assuming that we are looking down on you for a 25 minute episode. Mm-hmm. Do you think that school kind of cultivated this like close knit like everybody's like focused on me in reality like there's more positives to 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 all of this to to a bigger group of more than just what cedar tree kind of instilled does that make sense no um <laughs> i guess there's more out there than what you experience is that kind of what you're getting at yes did cuz you've had to reinforce these ideas that mm-hmm. but the the, the issue or the underlying issue came from home life, not from private school. Okay. You don't see... Because I... Okay. Are there... Do you think that there could be anything from Cedar Tree um, like that? There or was, even... Dude, there was this one... Anything else along those lines. Yelling match that happened senior year in high school. Um, where two girls in class were like fiercely yelling at each other. Like, it started during break, but it went into after the bell. And we were starting... And my teacher, oh, amazing man, is, uh, like, the most patient and caring person that I've ever met. He, like, acknowledged the the rising tensions among people. Like, like class began, began, everyone's looking, everyone's watching, you know, circle around them pretty much. Right. Everyone hears, beep, beep, boop, as the bell goes off. And Mr. F- was like, like, all right, so how can we address this? Like, like maybe this conversation doesn't have to like stop. It doesn't have to end here, but the, like, we need to deal with these emotions and separate the anger from the conversation. Like the, the teachers have all done in my experience, a good job of letting, um, just letting conversations happen in a safe environment. Mm-hmm. And, and that's something that has, bolstered courage in me for being able to like believing that if if I'm right I can be right and that's something I didn't always get from the home life is I didn't necessarily believe that being right would get me what I needed because because if I was I could still be right but if I was disagreeing then I was wrong whereas sometimes in cedar tree it's like if there's a huge disagreement like we can still figure out who's right and be okay with that yeah okay i the that's good the um the connection that i was making and you can correct me if i'm wrong is that at cedar tree you've like like you said like you can't just fly under the radar like yeah things are not easily things are happening constantly and when drama does pop up or things do pop up like you're the center of attention and it sticks like you said um and then now moving to outside of sp- of cedar tree and experiencing the rest of you know everything else 
outside of cedar tree you're in this past three months that you've been talking about you're talking you're talking about that reinforcing this idea that cedar tree has planted that like the whole class has got their eyes on you and like this pressure is on you at least that's what i'm that's kind of the connection that i'm making here Mm. and you're you're now realizing like the whole class isn't looking at me or the whole class isn't putting that much pressure on me am i right in saying that or am i wrong in saying that uh i think you're wrong in saying that i never truly felt like you know the class is out to get me or everyone's watching or i can't mess up Mm -hmm. uh but rather that what, what, what i was mainly trying to express in saying what you're referring to is when there were issues we all learned like conflict management we all learned conflict resolution because there because in private school if there's conflict you know someone someone breaks up they never talk again Right. In, in it's hard to do with 11 people. Exactly. Yeah. Dude, people would get together and break up frequently in my class. Mm-hmm. And and they always learned how to get over their differences, the disagreements, all the issues, yeah. and and be friends over it. And that's like that's what I learned most of all was we learned how to um accept differences and sometimes and, and know when to fix it, know when not to fix it and just be. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, I think that's a very good thing, especially, especially taking that into like real world application. Um, usually when I find out somebody's parents are divorced, I always ask like, well, like, have they figured it out now? Or they, do they still not talk to each other? Hmm. Are you the family that's walking through the parking lot that has to do exchanges between step parents? Um, that's a good thing that I applaud Cedar Tree for for doing that mm. for being able to sit with somebody that you don't agree with and being cordial and being loving to them and finding things that you have in common it's cool yeah i don't have anything else on school um nor do i have anything on heart change to be honest um lastly is kind of moving into like the three months, this like three month period. <laughs> so you mentioned how you go through this a comrade's journal phase, and I know a lot about that. Um, and I'm sure that I, there's things that I don't know about that you have been realizing to this day. Um, how I don't know, expand on it from a few different categories from your parents. Um, I'm sure there's some school wrapped up in there on how you handled uh, conflict in your engagement process. Um, yeah, I guess just expand on it. The three, the past three months in relation to engagement, post-engagement, and then really the topic of girls. Okay. Um and then you also said that you would give us, you kind of said that you had a list for us of the things that you had learned in the three month process. I'm not sure if you wrote that down or I, I just I didn't, read it, didn't and catch it. I read that at the end. Okay. It was the whole, I used to believe this. Now I believe this Yeah. segment. Okay, cool. Um, I can read it again if you want, but you'll have to unlock that. <laughs> so the man, 
It was so much. I know. Uh, ACJ was a pretty, pretty unique series because I didn't start at the beginning of the story or in the middle of the story or in the end and I didn't finish it. Right. (laughs) I really just threw a whole bunch of emotion at a microphone and left it there. And then (laughs) that was it. Um, I don't really have a whole lot of processing that I've done about that relationship necessarily, Mm -hmm. but rather um, signs that the relationship was where it was the whole time. Like, um, I don't know if you can sympathize with this, but JB, Giblet, you know how every time you end a relationship you realize what you want in the person you want for the next relationship from what you don't want in that person. Wow. That was hard to explain, but everyone who knows it, knows it. (laughs) Um, Every time you break up, it's like, okay, I don't want to find that quality or that attribute in the next person. And, and that is a lot of what I learned through ACJ and the relationship following it was I, I just need to, well, like, I, because I was following my father's spiritual leadership, I was really gung ho about starting relationships, and and uh, I didn't do what, what the the needed amount of hey, is this like does this person seem like they're in a place where they're ready to start a relationship? Because I know if I am, or I think I know if I am. <sighs> I wasn't, but I think I thought I did right. And now that I've, you know, um, been able to take a step back and see, like, what is my own fault in pursuing relationships? Firstly, I am way too driven to, driven by worldly attributes than by spiritual attributes. And secondly, I am way too easy to manipulate emotionally and thirdly i way too easily lose sight of god in a relationship so those three things coming into fruition in in both relationships really uh well the emotional manipulation wasn't really in that in acj but are those things that you've seen in all of the relationships that you had or just those two or just that one what do you mean by relationship uh relationships with girls is that a are those do you do you you... mean boyfriend and girlfriend yes okay are those things well further because there's that maybe just flings because the person who was a plus one to your wedding was never my girlfriend right so that's a good point so just flings are those things that you just listed uh a, a common denominator for all of the relationships or is it just specific to the acj relationships um pretty common well me me those were all things about me Mm -hmm. i listed three things about me Mm -hmm. and those things didn't change until these three months i've been i've been living with this burden of other people's emotions my whole life Mm -hmm. i've been living with uh the belief that girls will never think i'm cool and, and so if a girl thinks i'm cool at the beginning i need to 
snatch that up. Right. And then I've been living with uh, the fact that a girl might be my source of happiness and self-worth instead of God. Yeah. So I've always pursued those instead of what I needed. So it's not about the difference in the girls. It's about me. And so the similarities in the girls were usually about the worldly attributes because I wasn't so focused on how God saw them. Now, granted, I believe God sees every Christian as a redeemed version of themselves, but that's not to say about the spiritual attributes they have. And that's not what I was looking at. I was looking at, wow, they're pretty, or I was looking at, you know, like, like, ah, that's pretty much it. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I didn't really care about anything else, you know? Like, there, there were some people who were real ugly on the inside, but I didn't care. Yeah. If you could... Let me go this route. We held ourselves to the boundary of balancing positives and negatives. Are there positives in those relationships in the ACJ? Mm-hmm. Tell us about it. About what was good about ACJ relationship? That one? Both of them. Oh, both of them. Yeah. Oh. Uh, I'll start with ACJ. Okay. Uh, we never really fought because that person um, didn't have a strong enough belief in who they were as a person to fight. Um, From what you experienced. Yes. Okay. Technically, everything is woven through my experience. <laughs> well, I asked you to say a positive, and it didn't sound like a positive. The positive? We never so, fought. <laughs> it sounded like a backhanded, you know, it was. negative. It absolutely was. That's what I enjoyed most about that relationship, was it was always really happy. Mm-hmm. And and the, the reason it was always really happy is because it was never real. Okay. And, and the moment it got real, it ended. Interesting. But that isn't to say, it, like, it still really was really happy. Like, her family, man, I love that person's family. Mm-hmm. So, so great. Like, I, man, they're they're really cool. But, uh, yeah, I mean. Okay, so now move to the next one. Yeah, that one, she was very good. Dude, it's not, it's going to sound really backhanded. But she was really good at telling me what I wanted to hear and gave me really good hopes for the future. Okay. Yeah. What about previous ones before those? Um, I'll talk about B. Okay. B was really... Um, really easy to talk to and convenient because you know we saw her on Tuesdays mm-hmm. and Sundays so that was convenient um, about plus one she went to school with me so mm-hmm. I saw her pretty much every day and where she was 
experiencing social outcast at her school, I felt like I could be something that she needed from God. Um, I mean, I can't think of any others. What about the one that I never met? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I totally forgot about her. Um, That one, the rela- a positive about the relationship with her was she trusted me the most out of anyone. No one else really trusted me that much, but she trusted me a lot. So you've, you talked about, you briefly, just briefly grazed over, you now understand what you need and what you're looking for in a relationship based off of the things that you've just talked about, the Mm -hmm. good things. Mm -hmm. How have those helped you compile? Whoa, whoa, whoa. What? You totally misunderstood. For what? Yeah. Dude, the list of what I want in someone is derived from stuff I didn't like about people I broke up with. Okay. But I would make the argument that the good characteristics that you see, because you named, you mentioned one, one was really easy to talk to. Yeah. And from what, from the conversations that you and I have had, I know that's something that you really want, that you're really looking for, mm-hmm. that are maybe not necessarily in the spiritual category, and they're more so in the worldly category, or they blend both. So, my my overall question is what are because we've already talked about what you the good things that happen in those relationships what are the things that you are looking for in relationships now that you've been through all of this junk the good and the bad and then are there any good that you've pulled from all these relationships that you've added to the to the checklist sheet of like yeah you're a cool person we can probably Try and make this work. So I want that person to be happy when I'm not there. Like, I don't want to be linked to their happiness. Mm -hmm. Independent, like, self-happiness. Yeah. Able to do life on their own. Exactly. Yeah. Because now that I'm at a place where I don't feel responsible for their emotions, I don't want them to feel like I'm responsible for their emotions. Right. Uh, But also because I like seeing they're happy. Yeah. And that's that is... That can be drawn from what you just talked about on that, what I felt was backhanded, a backhanded, <laughs> you know, compliment. Right. But is now a good thing. Very mm-hmm. good thing. Yeah. Um, I want uh, that person to accept my leadership because I do feel like super called to be a leader. And while I'm, uh, yeah. So, like, I need to be, uh, I want respect. And and that is closely woven with trust. Like, yeah, to, to trust that, like, yes, I'm making tough decisions, but I'm making tough decisions with you and with God. And, like, I just, I, like, I need you to trust and accept that God wants me to be a leader in this position. The end, right? I want her to be good with kids because, uh, well, partially because I'm going to have kids in the future. Right. But also because um, 
it shows a lot more about who a person is based off of how kids interact with them. It shows a lot to their kindness, to their gentleness. And yeah, if if kids think you're cool, then you're probably a cool person. Right. <laughs> kids have a strangely good sense of character judgment, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, I want that person to be passionate about something. Not necessarily, it doesn't really have to be passionate about something I'm passionate about, but to see like, like someone who has goals and someone who has dreams for the future is really good. Right. It's, it's, it's like, like, okay. So like you, like, you know, something that you want in the future and you might not ever get it and that's okay. I want this person to be like fine with, you know, traveling because not necessarily like, Oh, let's go vacation to Hawaii or whatever. But like, I feel like I got split in half and half me was thrown to Southern Oregon and half me is stuck here. Yeah. You're, you're moving around quite a bit. Right. So I would, and, and to think that I would have to give up either a community here or a community there is a bit much for me to handle Mm -hmm. aside from thinking that God will cover it if I do, because neither of these communities really do it for me completely. But when they're put, when I have both of them, man, I feel complete. Mm -hmm. Uh, Like I, I wouldn't get the, you know, the boys community here that I get in Southern Oregon. Like there's really no one my age who's male who I can sympathize with in Southern Oregon. And for that reason, I like, I would want to be able to, you know, at least visit semi-frequently, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You know. And and all that to say, I mean, car rides are just so much fun. But it's really just because of my car. If it was another car, I might not enjoy it so much. Um, I want that person to be... And this one, you could consider this one worldly. So maybe I ought to remove it from the list. But well, you did what I feel just mention a few worldly ones. So oh, which ones? I mean, traveling seems pretty worldly, but with a spiritual tie to it. <laughs> because of your car. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 I don't. By worldly, I don't mean you know in this world. I mean superficial. Worldly, as as in the opposite of spiritual, as as in. Yeah, superficial. I mean superficial. Okay. <laughs> that was a great word. I don't I don't know if that's I get what the track you you're on. I don't know if superficial superficial feels like an aggressive term, you know? Right. And that's fine. Okay. But like traveling, I wouldn't consider anything worldly about traveling. But be, because it's about balancing communities in my mind, in my life. Okay. And that's why I was sure to specify, not like, let's go on vacation. Right. It's not really about that. That's a worldly version of traveling. Yeah. Um, Which I think going on vacation would be an okay thing. No, yeah. I think worldly desires are okay in that sense. uh, Yeah. Well, I I would rephrase that as in be able to rest or, you know, soak in, absorb on vacation. Yeah, yeah. You know. Um, Superficial. Yeah, so this one might be a bit superficial. I want a country girl. <laughs> you like, like what you? I don't think there's anything bad to that. You like what you like. Yeah. And if how country? If God wants someone uh, different for you, then He's obviously going to make someone different happen. So. I mean, are you talking like cigarette smoking Keystone Light girl? Or are you talking- <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I'm, I'm, I don't. I don't mean like dig the key into the side of this pretty little. You know. <laughs> Not that kind of country, but oh my god! But um, 
like not afraid to get down and dirty and, and get a job done or or so a, a work ethic not just work ethic <laughs> because that's fair yeah i mean there's there is work ethic to it national pride is some, is part of it uh, a callback true to tradition traditional roots that respect for uh things of age things that have stuck around through time that like country in that sense so pretty much everything not superficial about country girl (laughs) (laughs) you know i jam out to country music i'm not gonna make her jam out to country music but boy i'd be happy if she did (laughs) okay so you okay so you so you don't so you like the country music that is very much like i don't mean music it's not about music well, okay, so then you understand country to yes. be, I don't know, Western and built in roots. Am I right? Because what JB was describing, the cigarette smoking, keystone light, get on the back of a horse kind of girl, <laughs> is starkly different than, or can be, isn't necessarily, doesn't well, necessarily have to be and but can be starkly different from what you're describing yeah and kai I, in my personal opinion you have a strange definition of what country is which is absolutely fine, which is totally fine because you could you would recognize that i'm not at all you know a cigarette keystone hop on a horse kind of boy <laughs> right and yet i consider myself a country boy right because of my culture to tradition to roots oh, of all those things yeah, okay. yeah so like you're almost like in my affinity toward the music I'm not gonna lie how do I describe this? Well, and then, are you country, JB? And I hate that we're doing this on his spiritual discussion episode. Right. But, I think it's very important because... But are you country? Because you're just an outdoorsy guy. Because nothing yeah. about you is farming. So do we call Correct. you a country guy? So yeah. maybe we classified the different kinds of country. I mean, I think there's a very gray area, right? Mm-hmm. Like, the way you describe country, I wouldn't describe country because... Mm-hmm. Like, the way you use it is very, like, you know, respect ma'am and sir type of, like, mentality. And that all has to do with parenting, in my opinion. But, Mm. like, it's very, what I would say is, like, early 90s, mid-90s kids that still, like, respected their parents, didn't sit on their phone 24-7, went outside and helped their parents with yard work and grew up actually doing something you could like in my opinion you can live in the city and have you know that work ethic of i'm not afraid to get greasy or dirty or whatever mm-hmm. that would fit your definition of exactly. country, right exactly where like he gets it yeah i don't know how <laughs> well which is funny it. because like i don't think, think it's country <laughs> right i just don't like well, that's and that's fine. totally fine where well, whatever you're doing is that's totally right yeah <laughs> but we're like I I would say I'm country-ish, but like me and me and Noah had this conversation about country, right? I'm not white trash or hillbilly or yeah, I might drive a lifted truck, You're but not it's a redneck not a, either, right? Yeah, He's but not it, a red, but that it's was not. What I yeah, said. I was it's like, not a collapsed out like '70s pickup yeah. with like big ass mud bog tires on it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they're big yeah. tires, but it's not. You know, I don't walk around with a freaking Coors Light in my back pocket or, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, when I think of, of country country, like, I think there's, like, ranchers and, like, cowboys and there's all these different, like, facades, I guess, of, of yeah. country-ish 
your country feels like a very like Nashville, Tennessee kind of country, Kentucky 100%. kind of country. 100%. Mm-hmm. Yours feels very, very southern, like Alabama country, like Texas. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, D- Texas. very, very Texas. Yeah, very Texas. Um, like yeah, I like to hunt and fish, but my life is not. My life does not revolve around those activities. Mm-hmm. Like I don't wear camo to work. I don't always wear a camo hat that's funny because i'm wearing a camo hat (laughs) but like a hat made from real camels (laughs) but it's it's like a i I don't know i i have a very wide range of like hobbies like snowboarding i don't consider snowboarding new country right i don't i mean mean, mountains aren't even country right (laughs) riding dirt bikes okay maybe but not really i mean like moto's not country at all it's like its own group of people but i don't really fit in that category because i don't race mm-hmm. but then like going to the dunes like that's a whole different category of people you know what i mean so i don't really right. fit like like you're saying that country tone like i'm more of an outdoorsy person yeah. and yeah i have property but i don't call myself a farmer mm-hmm. or i don't call myself a rancher like i don't have any livestock on my property i don't go try to fish my creek that's three inches deep you know like <laughs> i'm not trying to freaking build a pond and bass fish out of it or something right how cool would that be though that would be pretty sweet luke bryan he's got a really nice bass pond but i don't really like his music so Anyways. <laughs> his music's yeah. okay let's wrap up this conversation because we're already you know starting did to like do there? so uh, born here live here die here is that luke bryan i don't think so oh all right last anyway. question to Remind the audience. Oh, yeah. This is my episode. I forgot. (laughs) Thank you, Jamie. Last question to just remind. I think in your last relationship, in this engagement, this ex-fiance era, would you... I'm so glad that happened to me. Because, Because of all the experience I've had these last three and a half months. And, And it's just... And and the reason I pointed when I was reading uh, last week's episode out loud to y'all just what two hours ago, I said, um, in it, and when I think back to who I was six months ago, I'm blown away by how crazy different I was. Um, maybe I should have said eight months ago, but I was trying to point to a time before that relationship, because the change isn't diametric to the breakup. The change is diametric to me as an individual before then mm-hmm. and my identity and who I was. You answer the question. Kai, thank you yeah. for sharing your spiritual story with us. Absolutely. Uh, next week, we're going to have JB share his story, which apparently has something to do with Voyage. I'm so curious what that is, but I'll, I'll be patient and figure out what it is. Uh, then the, after that, what? The day of JB's birthday is is oh. by the time. <laughs> right. <laughs> Oh, I'm looking at the calendar here, and I'm not interpreting it correctly. JB's birthday is the day that we're recording his episode. Um, I don't know. I just want to point that out. Which is three is... weeks before his episode comes out. <laughs> <laughs> so, so wish me a happy birthday three weeks after. Wait, that's <laughs> three weeks before. <laughs> that's uh, oh yeah. Oh well. Anyway. Anyways. Congrats. But yeah, yeah. Well, actually, when this, when this, you didn't even say happy birthday. You just said, you just said congrats. But when this episode drops, I'll already be twenty-five. Yeah. Perfect. So you guys will already be what a week late, two weeks late. 
really just screwed you guys so go, on that So one. go tell JB congrats. <laughs> <laughs> we'll we'll post on Instagram <laughs> about it. My Facebook news feed, or my feed from my birthday. Congrats. congrats, congrats, congrats. <laughs> yes. Like, what the fuck? No one's, no one's even patient enough to say congratulations. It's just congrats. With a period at the end. If yeah. it has an exclamation mark, I'm not the, responding. The C is not even capitalized. <laughs> oh, man. Congrats with a Z. <laughs> uh, okay. Farewell. <laughs>